up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Hey everyone, how's it going? I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce, episode 95 of this beautiful show that I have deemed Crossover Commerce. In today's episode, we have titled it, Using External Traffic to Drive Rank and Sales. Lots of different things we can dive into today, so I'm really excited to get you all here and dive into all the different tips and tricks we're going to be learning today from our host. Again, Crossover Commerce is presented by Ping Pong Payments. Who's Ping Pong? Well, let me tell you, Ping Pong transferred more than $150 million a day for e-commerce sellers just like you. Helping over 1 million customers now, Ping Pong has processed over $90 billion with a B in cross-border payments to date. And to start saving money today, you can actually sign up in the link below with a free account through the link we provided in the show notes. Just click on that link at how to save money today if you're an international Amazon or e-commerce seller. Go ahead and check it out. It's free to sign up, save some money. Thank me later. Sign up for Ping Pong today. Uh, thank you again for Ping Pong for sponsoring this. Again, a big welcome to our audience for watching us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. We welcome all audiences. We don't discriminate here. We want to make sure that all this information gets out to everyone who's willing to level up their business on e-commerce. Uh, if you happen to be listening to this later on when we release this on audio format, you can actually download or rate us or whatever you want to listen to us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, truly anywhere where a podcast exists, I will be there. Just go ahead and do me a favor and rate us on those platforms where you listen to and share with your audience because believe it or not, when you follow and share and like all these content, it helps uh, those platforms be able to serve more people. And because I go live about four to five times a week on this platform, there's so much content that we're pumping out. So you want, don't want to miss a single episode that I'm coming out with. Again, four to five episodes per week. To be notified, it's really simple. Just click the notification, either the bell in the right-hand corner or click the reminder me, remind me button. All those different ways that you can be notified of a new episode coming out. With me, Ryan Kramer, just follow myself on social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, or you can follow... Um, ping pong payments on social media platform on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well. Uh, but about it's not just about me. I Like I always tell everyone on our show, it's about my guests and it's about the insights that they have to bring to the forefront for everyone to be, understand more about what we're going to be talking about today. So about our guest today, he helps businesses advertise and post content to increase awareness and bring in more sales. Very simple, straightforward. It's It's black and white for him. He is proficient in Facebook ads, Google ads, TikTok ads, and social media postings. And he also provides Amazon consulting and support. Uh, the company's Wire Enterprises, self-named after him, is a full service agency where they can help develop and edit the creative for ads and properly advertise for the best business results possible. Again, great stuff. Uh, I appeared on his show as well. We're going to be uh, returning the favor to our audience here. Um, listening to us live on social media. Again, welcome to Victor Dwyer of Dwyer Enterprises. Victor, welcome to Crossover Commerce. How are you today? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you for having me on, Ryan. Yeah, no problem, man. You've, you're have you all over the place in terms of social media, pumping out content. I call you the content king uh, behind <laughs> the scenes. So uh, just following you, all the different insights and information you have, but there's a philosophy behind Yeah, there is. 
this mine in it? Hmm. Well, if you are listening and you can't hear me, I guess I'm just going to start um, going off until Ryan comes back. Um, right now he's frozen for me. So I guess I'm just going to keep talking. So basically what I do is I help Amazon businesses gain traction for their Amazon business. So like that could, I could do that a lot of ways. I help them gain rankings and sales for, for their Amazon products. So this could be new products that of uh, new products that people come to me with or old products um, of they just want to gain rankings for. They might come to me and say, hey, I want to rank for this keyword and I need to increase sales. And I go, great, let's do that. So and then I do that by putting up a Facebook ad and then guiding them through a messenger phone. Hey, Ryan. Sorry about that, Victor. This is the bit, bit crazy thing about live show. It's live and I just lost the Internet for a hot minute. So I'm so <laughs> glad you carried up. No, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your background. Sorry about that. I'll let yeah, you continue. Like, no, I was I was just carrying on. I was like, I, I was might as well just keep talking. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, please do. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was basically telling them how um, I help Amazon sellers increase their rankings on Amazon by getting them through a Facebook ad, guiding the customer through a Facebook funnel, essentially, and then having them type a certain search term so that way they can increase rankings, increase sell-through rate, increase conversion rate, which drives down PPC costs, which increases rankings. And it basically helps the overall product on all accounts. And it really benefits them to have these type of promotions in place to help the overall product gain rankings and gain sales. So that that's a simple term. It's search find buy, correct? Is that the philosophy that we're, we're implementing here? So yeah. because there's so many different ways that we're ranking on Amazon, why is this the number one key that you're um, bringing people to use or educating people to use? Like what, what, what's the, what's the math behind it? What's the philosophy behind it? Yeah, it's, we basically use search find buy because it's so effective. So for example, um, for, uh, we tracked the ROI on a client uh, a week ago and basically they ended up giving away about $7,000 worth of product. And now they gained by sticking for that keyword and ranking number one for that particular keyword. They have earned over a hundred thousand dollars in increased revenue per month due to that, just by, by investing that 7,000. So the return on investment for all these campaigns is so enormous and the, the drive and sales are so large that it makes sense in almost 99% of cases. And it makes it where you really have a highest chance of success when it comes to running these type of campaigns. So the, so the philosophy makes sense to me. So in terms of what people have to do, they're going to a solution like you, or this is something that can be done by themselves, right? This is something that should be done at scale. It's easiest to be done at scale, of course. What, how did you, how did you come up with this, like in, this idea? How are you able to build this solution and kind of rally the troops and build out these processes so that A, is compliant with Amazon, but then also B, is successful for no matter what product you might be selling on Amazon? Yeah, so essentially I start out um, designing the Facebook Messenger funnel for whatever customer I'm targeting. So let's say, for example, I'm targeting um, dog treats, for example. I want to I wanna have tar start targeting people that only want to give away dog treats and only want that. I would guide that process, say, hey, great, go to Amazon, type in dog treats, 
and find this particular product. And then once you find that product, purchase it and in return will give you a gift card and something else along the lines of that. And that's how I build out those processes. And then I would eventually run it, uh, start after I designed the customer funnel, then I set up a Facebook ad to run to that, uh, to that channel. And then it ends up performing really well and you can scale, it, scale it however you want to. Um, cause since it's through Facebook ads, you can find practically unlimited people to gain and find success there. And you can have a lot of, uh, rank really fast because of it too. So you're incentivizing, you're incentivizing an audience in that regards. Is that, is that technically against Amazon's TOS? To be honest. So it's, it's in the gray area. So it's, Basically, it would be considered black hat if we like, for example, Amazon says you're not allowed to do anything when it comes to manipulating the search algorithm. But think about it. it changing the title to the right keyword, that's manipulating the algorithm, changing your bullet points, changing your images, changing literally anything on your listing to help SEO is considered search engine manipulation. So it's super gray and it's not very well defined, but for the most part, what I consider black hat is requiring people to leave a review in order to get their rebate. So we don't require people to leave a review um, or even we, sometimes we don't even ask for the review and we basically just, just do it for the rankings by itself and in, in return, giving them the gift card. So it's in the gray area. Yes, but we don't mandate that they have to leave a review, making it not in that full black hat um, spectrum. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense to me. And, uh, again, what I always tell people is if your business is willing to take those risks, like any sort of business that it can be interpreted that way, but also can be interpreted as very compliant as well. So that being said, what, what, what's kind of the timeline we're looking at with when I'm a client, I'm working with you or if a client is trying to do the strategy, what are some numbers we can throw at them in terms of how fast we can rank and how to keep the momentum moving forward? Because ranking in itself, it's like adding fuel to your rocket ship. You want it to go, but you want the momentum to carry you forward and not just run out and just dive off in the app, uh, dive back down to earth. You want it to continue to move that momentum forward. So what are some stats that you can share with us maybe? Yeah. So a lot of it depends on the performance of the product. So are you priced competitively? Are, do you have good reviews? Do you have a, a lot of reviews? And if all those are yes, and you like, I always tell my clients, if you were number one on this, for this keyword, would people buy you over someone else? Because I can boost your product all day, but if you don't have a price competitive product, if you don't have good reviews, if you don't have all these things, then people aren't going to choose you. You have to be unique in some way. And then once you have that, that's where you can set up for the best when it comes to these ranking campaigns. But after that, once you have all those factors and attributes to a product, then once you rank and then you can stay in number one after that. So usually, typically it takes eight to 14 days, like depending on where you started. So like, let's say if you're ranked 500, it might take a little longer. But if you are ranked, let's say 200 or 150, it typically takes about eight to 14 days to rank a product and get it to number one. Now, if it stays there, that's up to the product level performance. So that's if people are actually typing in the search term and normally buying the product. So the product sticking is based off the product performance, but actually getting it to rank to get to number one only takes about eight to 14 days most of the time. 
So how are you, like, what, what's the math? I, I personally know, but I would like to share with the audience if you're able to, to, to do that with people. When I'm ranking on Amazon, people always want to know how to, how do you even like measure how to get to number one? Like, what is, what is the secret sauce in terms of like knowing how much is enough to get yourself to get there? Um, you know, obviously not every product is selling thousands of units per day, but what are those kinds of like formulas that you have to implement in order to drive results and rank, um, just to get to the top of the page? Like what, what, like based on the algorithm, does that make sense? Like, like how many to give away? Like, yeah. 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 Um, I usually use helium 10 to mm -hmm. give me a good estimate of how many products I would have to give away in order to rank for that search term. And usually, um, my campaigns run a little bit more effective, about 30% more effective than those. And it, a lot of it depends on the product. So like, let's say if you get, I get you to mid page one and a ton of people order your product cause you have a better product. You might have to give away a lot less product, um, than what the mm -hmm. number is showing. So if it says 500 units, but you have amazing, unique product that everyone wants, you might only have to give away a hundred and you can rank one easily with that. So it really depends on the product level performance, but usually I use Helium 10 to tell me how much a uh, good estimate is to rank for that keyword. And I might've missed this when I was in my uh, temporary frozen zone of the internet ether. Uh, when you're giving away and you're doing full giveaways, this is 100% giveaway and you're offering 100% rebate. Is that is that the philosophy behind it all? Yeah, it's and okay. I, I do that because I I've did an A B test um, of testing 50%, 60%, 70%, 80%, 90% off. And you actually like the the whatever the five bucks you try saving in a 70% off, you lose and it's more expensive to do a 70% off to find other Facebook ad customers to actually buy your product. So if you literally it's cheaper to give it away for free when it comes to the Facebook ads, then actually trying to do the 70-80% off type of thing. Right, because the philosophy is you have to give away more at a lower discount because Amazon doesn't reward 100% conversion. I'm assuming the philosophy is buy at full price, giving 100% cash back in terms of rebate. Amazon rewards full price purchasing instead of a discounted price. They, they're they're going to measure that in their algorithm. Is that, is that yep. in the same light? Okay. Yeah. Just want to be clear. I, I feel like I know this, but for people who are listening to this or watching this, it, Amazon will reward full price sales over discounted price or like a discounted coupon code 10 times out of 10 over the other, because obviously they're getting more money. So they're going to reward that product, but also it means they're not, you don't have to be incentivized to buy such a quality product. So, um, so that makes sense for me. You're looking at velocity of products on page one or top of a keyword, specifically building campaigns around that. And then kind of going from there, when someone comes to you, and we actually had this question, and this is a good uh, question to ask, what are some of the most difficult keywords keywords to rank for? Are you gonna stay away from uh, short tail keywords or are you going to start from Brennan on Facebook? He asked this question, what are some of the more difficult keywords to rank for? I'm gonna assume it's gonna be like either branded products or you're gonna be talking about short word, uh, short form keywords. 
Yeah, so it depends on the scale of the client product. First, inventory. Like before COVID, like this wasn't even an issue um, about inventory, but since of uh, Amazon's inventory limitations, like the worst thing in the world, like I, I actually feel pain when this happens, when I rank a product to number one and they get a huge increase in sales, like sales are just like booming and then boom, we run out of stock. And then we right. lose all like half of those rankings that we just earned was just lost because we went out of stock. So first I check inventory. Can we actually handle the velocity of that keyword? And if that answer is yes, then I go for short tail keywords. Um, so that like, if we're talking about dog treats again, I might target, I like if depending on the scale of the actual, um, the actual product, like, and if they're priced competitively, good rankings and everything, then I'm going to go, let's go after dog treats, like giving away 500 to 700 units that it can be totally done. You can totally stick that landing. It's happened in the past. And, um, I mean, if the scale of the client is a little bit less, I might target dog treats for, um, small dogs. And I might start going in that direction and seeing what the success level is there. But for the most part, when it comes to what keywords I targeting, I look at the client scale, like what their inventory looks like. And if they can actually handle the keyword velocity on that keyword. And if that is, then yes. And um, number one, I did test doing a branded search term. And I would not recommend doing a branded search term when it comes to organic because it doesn't tend to perform as well. So when it comes to difficulty, I would not go for branded, but those short tail ones are really difficult, but it's the same philosophy. You just have to give away more products. Right. Obviously the, the higher, um, you know, the more competition there is in terms of a keyword, the more you're going to have to give away because more than likely the volume is going to be so high in terms of either sales or giveaways and whatnot. So um, it's kind of a risk versus reward kind of mentality. Do you often, how many, how many keywords are we looking to rank for at a, at a given time? Is it smart for people to go after a major one and let it trickle effect or what's kind of the, what's kind of the best case scenario to target like two or three at a time, or maybe try to do 10 because PPC versus like just organic ranking is going to be completely different. What, what's your mentality in terms of ranking? Usually. Um, so if it's, if it's a smaller base client, um, usually I'll target three smaller, like if it's smaller, um, smaller keyword volume, I'll target three different volume sizes and basically three different keywords and target those low volume keywords to try to get the most impact possible. So that would be like, um, dog treats for small dogs, dog treats for large dogs, dog treats for medium dogs, and basically targeting those three. And, that, and that's when I actually start doing multiple. But if I'm targeting what I call the big kahuna keyword, which is like the like huge, like dog treats, literally two words, that's the big, that. the big kahuna. And if I'm targeting that one, I literally focus all my attention on that one keyword and really try to drive um, as much sales as possible. Because then you will see a small trickling effect to other keywords, yes. But you also see huge, huge decreases in PPC spend um, or PPC. Like you'll see huge increases in PPC efficiency because Amazon's going to look at your conversion rate at, for that product and go, wow, that's amazing. And then your PPC, your PPC cost per click is going to go way down because of that. So it's going to help advertising, sell through rate, conversion rate. It's going to help everything on the product. And that's why I target that. If it's the big kahuna keyword, I always target only that one. Okay. So when, 
when we're talking about difficulties for industry uh, for categories that you know we're going to be ranking for, is there one that you're just like you roll your eyes and you back of your head and you're like again like this is very difficult to rank for again keywords aren't going to last so long the effectiveness is not always there you you're, you sound like a, a person who constantly is testing in this from your research and your studies which ones are the most difficult and which ones are a little bit easier in terms of search on by like what, what's what's our what's our results here supplements. professor <laughs> supplements oh my gosh supplements are horrible because the cost of goods is like one like less than a dollar mm -hmm. and people can give away hundreds of products like literally th those people they don't stop giving away products so like for example like if you were to type in like any other supplement like i don't know caffeine supplement for example their cost of goods is so low that they can give away hundreds of products per day and stay in that number one position and make a profit off of that. So you can't simply just run a boost and stop. It's that's not possible in the supplement space. It's so competitive now that you have to keep running it at all times in order to be successful with it. You have to have a really unique product. You have to be priced extremely competitively. Like there's so many things that are like are so competitive in the supplement space. It's if you are in it, uh, I feel bad for you, first of all, but like even advertising, like if you're not running a boost, you literally, I have clients that literally cannot even get spent on their advertising because how competitive it is. They set their bids to all $50 across the board uh, as a bid, not even their budget as a bid and Amazon will still not let them spend on that $50 cost per click because they're going to make more. So it's crazy numbers and it's so competitive and it comes down to the point where you have to do a boost in order just to get advertising spend to come go through. That's how competitive it is. Like Amazon will not even let you spend your money for how competitive it is in that space. It is insane. So if you are in that space, get ready to constantly spend. And if you, and if you are having success in that space, good, like I'm congrats, I'm super happy for you, but it is, it is a tough space. It, for sure absolutely so is there is there on the flip side is there an easier one like <clears throat> I, obviously there's long there's long tail keywords you can go for but is there a typical category that would make make it seem pretty easy to rank um effectively and have more bang for your buck if you will so if you have a very innovative product um in a um either a niche space or like it really comes down to, if you have a very unique product then Going up in practically any space that's medium competitiveness, which means like they have like every all the competitors have like say a thousand reviews, mm -hmm. that that's a good area that you can probably dom dominate in it. Like as long as you're unique and you're priced competitively, then you can probably dominate in that area and do a boost and be moderately successful with it and stick the landing pretty well. As long as the competitors aren't to high velocity then most likely you can come in target those long tail keywords starting out work your way up to the bigger big kahuna keyword and then after that you can really take off so and it, it really comes down to any category for sure so initially driving people to as a search run by to amazon that's that's the trick i think a lot of people are trying to get people obviously to end up there how are we driving people there typically yeah. Facebook seems like the logical reason because you can drive 
um, with ads and whatnot, but you said you're proficient in other things like TikTok or that you've been, I'm assuming, testing out um, other sort of social posts or even on Google shopping and pointing them in that direction. DSP even makes sense to me. What are the most effective ways to drive people to make that search from buy experience happen a little bit, you know, cost effect more cost effectively, I should say. Yeah. So I don't do search find buy when it comes to um, anything but Facebook, because I do everything uh, that whole search find buy process through Facebook messenger um, to guide the process. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I do do promotional campaigns, 25% um, off, like 20% off type of campaigns and guide them to an intermittent landing page saying like what our product does, why we're different. And then I have it where like once they're ready to buy, I have them click a super URL, which makes it look like they search that URL, which they are, it is way less effective than search find buy, but you're still gaining rankings and you're still making a profit in return. So when I'm driving sales, I'm using TikTok, I'm using Google ads, Google shopping ads. I'm using all those type of ads, get, uh, pushing them to the intermittent landing page, which eventually leads to sales and will lead to ranking small ranking increases. You will, you'll never probably get above rank 15 with that, but you'll like, depending on how much velocity, I guess, but most likely it's going to be super small increases and it's going to take a lot longer than search find buy, but you will be making a profit in return. What's the most difficult thing facilitating cashback or full refunds for you? Cause I have a theory and I, I, I used to work for a company that facilitated in terms of cashback or I say cashback rebate, rebates, refunds. The, the term is interswitchable uh, in, in my mind. They all mean different things. What's the most difficult thing to facilitate all that on your end um, when it comes to facilitating those things? It's just, it's just basically customer uh, service. Like mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, the process is hundred percent automated to have no issues. Um, and, but there's like those, like three, that 1% of people that like, for some reason, like instead of pressing the button, yes, they actually type. Yes. Like, I don't know why that, like why that's a mm. thing. I don't know that you have to press the button. <laughs> it like, doesn't exactly. make sense. They just don't understand how messenger works, but there's always that 1% that messes it up. But, um, it, that's really it. Uh, everything else is hundred percent automated. You can go through it without even interacting with any human if you wanted to. So yeah, going through that process and making sure everything gets either cash back, are you mainly doing it in the forms of a credit to the account or what, what's what's kind of the reward system or like Visa a card. credit card, piece of gift card? So no. it's in the mail that you have to give a some sort of, oh, it's through email. Her, oh, through email, okay. Yeah. So on, in that regard, are you also collecting customer data? Are you specifically, or like, I mean, are you trying to create another buyer audience to again, facilitate more of a, Hey, join our newsletter list or like for new and upcoming launch products and whatnot. Typically, no. Um, j just because most most clients aren't really when it comes to Amazon, they're not really big into Amazon or most Amazon clients aren't really big into email marketing. Um, it's just how it is. And um, th this audience is a little bit different. Their intent is different. Like they're basically when they see the Facebook ad, they're like saying, "Oh." Like, why not? Why, like, why not just purchase this product? It's free. I'm going to at least try it out. So typically it's a little bit different. If I would structure my promotional campaigns and my, cause those promotional campaigns, they have intent. 
those like I'm trying to convert them to a customer. But when it comes to these search find buy uh, rebate kind of products uh, campaigns, I'm more focused on rankings. I really don't care about who my customer is. I just need them to buy the product and gain rankings and that's it. So I'm not really worried about what the customer is. I just need them to get the rankings. So the intents are different and the customer behavior is different. So I ha I don't really I don't really do any email marketing when it comes to search find buy, but when it comes to our promotional campaigns I do. Yeah. Is there is there a fear that with a maybe mistrust or like a level of mistrust on social media that people, if they see like your ads is like, Hey, like this is something that's legit or you can get this product for free if you buy it. Is there, is there ever that sort of issue or maybe concern in a, in a world where constantly there's trying to figure out what's true, what's not, you're trying to attract new customers, but also continue to service your own. How are you trying, like, what's that battle like fighting that day to day, especially when your success comes on social media? Yeah. So luckily it's, it's very easy because it's so common now, like two years ago, well, when uh, messenger marketing was just starting, it was a little bit more difficult, um, like to convince people like, Hey, we're not going to scam you. We're legit people and everything else. Um, but that's when the process was hundred percent manual too. So it made it really tough. But for the most part, now that it's so common, people are constantly doing like, for example, I've probably gotten at least $5,000 worth of free stuff off of Facebook ads, like just through really? Messenger and like literally just like, oh, I get a free vacuum. Cool. I'll like, I'll just get the vacuum and I'll get a rebound. Sign me up, man. I'm yeah, always yeah. down to test everything. I'm testing an air purifier right now, actually for a, yeah. for a one, one P company. So, uh. Yeah. We'll see who because I don't know if I'm allowed to. To be honest, I signed a lot of bunch of stuff, but I'm yeah, testing out. I'm, I'm all about pre-testing. <laughs> like I know the flow so well, and I know how to break their bot. Like because I know I know how to get through all the safeguards because I build these like every single day. So like I know what to do and how to like break their bot. It's so funny, but um, essentially I get a bunch of free product, and it's so common now. So the customer behavior is very set that they will get their rebate and. Honestly, the customer has all the all the all the leverage because they if they leave a bad review, you're screwed. So like and they they never end up doing that because you actually give them the rebate. But let's say if like at the end of the day they have all the leverage. So if you don't pay them and they leave a bad review, it's gonna look bad on you. So you just don't want that to happen. So they have all the leverage and they know that. So they're they're mostly okay with it. So what's one thing that you wish you would have known going into this? You're like <clears throat> I'm Victor, I'm going to build up this amazing processes uh, to help people rank and get, you know, drive great conversions. But I, I messed up on that one thing or I missed out on this opportunity that maybe it was in front of me. I just didn't take advantage of it. What was one thing you wish you would have known in this arena that you would have known when you started? Um, when I was starting out, I wish I could have automated the process at the beginning. Um, that saved a lot of headaches. <laughs> Yeah. Like when I started out, it was a hundred percent manual. Like I literally had to copy that person's email address, put it into PayPal, type in how much the rebate was. And it would always end up being a couple cents off. And I would have to send them like a 20 cent other transaction. And it was horrible. I would spend like five hours a day just doing like the freak, the, the rebate process. And it was horrible. 
Um, and I wish I would have just used like like my automation. I wish I, I, I wish I would have spent that time just creating my automation system like I did at the beginning because it would have just saved me so much time and so many headaches in the future. So automating the process at the beginning would have saved me a ton of time. How are you uh, protecting your clients or other people from like bot traffic or just not legitimate user traffic? Because that's something that always people fear is like either uh, black cat tactics or some people that are trying to attack a listing or even worse, I've seen it from customers who have been attacked because they're giving a pretty steep discount, drive traffic and get all these rebates away and then either keep the funds or it's not going to a legitimate person. What's kind of the fear behind that? Or if there is a fear, like what, how are you guys protecting your clients from that? Yeah. So I have like, a, I think I have exactly seven safeguards within my flow because like I said, I go through other people's mini chat flows all the time and I know how to get multiple rebates. Like that's not, that's not hard, but I know what to look for and how to stop people like me that know how to do that. So basically I have up to seven safeguards. So no one person can get multiple rebates, no matter what, no matter what happens after that. And also I make sure that as long as they're like going to Amazon and typing in the search term and buying the product, that's what we're looking for. And as long as they're not getting multiple rebates in, in return, it ends up being okay. And I also regulate the process. I can put a counter in to basically say, only do, give away 10 today, only give mm -hmm. away 20 today, uh, 10 units per, per day. And I can set that easily and regulate the amount of people that come in the flow. Good stuff. When, when you're doing that, is there any sort of, I'm trying to think of the actual word of it. It, this is only for United States shoppers and you know audiences, correct? This cannot apply internationally, or this can't apply internationally. Okay. okay. Yep. So what what's kind of the distinguishing factor? Like if you have if traffic's coming to a listing, you're obviously driving them to most likely .com. Um, is there any sort of like refund issues that might be in terms of currency conversion? Because if I'm in Canada, maybe I want to get paid out in Canadian dollar. If I'm in a different country. How's that facilitation happen? Or are you only paying out one currency and you're you're just sticking with that? Usually that's with the uh, um like usually that hasn't been an issue like um when it comes down to it because the gift cards always convert. Um they have some kind of conversion. I like I don't deal with that side. Like basically the gift card company work the visa that's the v that's a visa gift card thing that they visa, worry yeah. about visa will figure it out. But like they, after that, that ends up being okay. I will say when it comes to doing things internationally, um, for uh, the e, new e, uh, GDPR rules for EU, um, you can't message someone after 24 hours. So basically you won't be able to ask a review for 14 days later. I don't ask for a review for anything less than 14 days because the review won't stick. So it, I basically, I wouldn't ask for a review. Um, you're not able to, since you're not able to message after that 24 hour window in Europe but I will eat, do ranking campaigns and those work just fine. Those work really well in Europe. Um, and you can do ranking campaigns easily. Um, Australia, you can do, uh, the customer mindset is not necessarily there yet. It's kind of like, whereas like two years ago when it was kind of new, they don't really know if they like, they don't know if they trust you. They don't know how the process works and anything else like that. So, um, I, there's a little bit of success there. Um, it's a lot less competitive. So all you have to do is give away 10 products and you're number one and for Australia. So it's super nice. Um, but that's basically when it comes down to it. 
um, Australia, but in there's also you can go in other channels. So for example, Walmart, that's super not competitive either. I literally, I for basically we gave away 10 products um, per keyword on Walmart and we were able to rank for every single keyword in the space. And we just really? dominated the space because so this is very much applicable to marketplaces like walmart that uh you can just win if this is your strategy search my buy is very much a in, in play for them yeah exactly what's the uh most exciting platform that you're driving traffic through that's being seen as the most quality traffic does that make sense like amazon will reward certain quality traffic come from certain entities or platforms in your mind where's that coming from yeah, like f right now, it's still coming from the actual Facebook messengers where we're seeing the most. Like right now, we're testing some influencer marketing. We're basically um, through the influencer marketing on TikTok. We're guiding that traffic to an intermittent landing page, which where they can go to Amazon through a super URL to gain rankings. But that's um, it. We're not like we just haven't seen like huge success rates with that yet but it's been a lot cheaper just to do it through facebook ads right now but uh, facebook ads is probably the best way right now and the cheapest um to do that because facebook has the best targeting system in the world so it's that simple what about with with, uh, with this recent crackdown especially um google uh and i've talked to this a couple of people in the ppc space uh you talk about targeting we all, we all know that apple is cutting back in terms of targeting capabilities google has now scaled back their cookie capabilities. And even so, a lot of people are trying to see Amazon is like leaning into a DSP. On the flip side, is there any concern that Facebook might balk on this too and maybe like limitate, uh, limit maybe audience interaction or maybe audience targeting capabilities? Would that, is that a fear ever? Are you talking about with the new iOS update? That mm -hmm. device? Yes. So, Yes, so there is um, it are it is already an attribution nightmare. It really is like attribution is so like off right now because of the new iOS update. But basically, what what I'm seeing is um, with the iOS update, it, now the algorithm is just optimizing for. But basically, how the iOS update works is people can basically say, "I don't want to be tracked anymore by Facebook." That's all it is. And um, basically, when th when they say no to that, now all our algorithms are just targeting Android users. So basically, the Apple users that opt out are just getting like super irrelevant ads that don't even apply to them anymore because they they opted out for tracking. If you don't get tracking, you don't get relevant ads anymore. But with the people are like with Android, are all our ads are basically targeting Android phones now, or the people that don't opt out of tracking because the algorithm is going, oh, this person purchased and it attributed that to our campaign, and now it's just going to keep tracking those type of people, like Android phones and people that don't opt out of tracking. So, at the end of the day, it ends up being okay, um, and it doesn't mess too many things up. It does mess up attribution, but it's something that they'll fix in the future. But um, it's something that I'm working on. But for the most part, attribution has been okay. But targeting has been just fine. Very cool. What about, um, so you said with TikTok uh, in, in social influence as a way to drive traffic. We, we've seen in a couple of different case studies that have been like recently published, like marketplace polls, like the whole TikTok of the pants. Or there's another product that uh, was tied to a social media platform 
and in the search term, it was always social media platform product. And that's how it led, and it, it stayed, I think it was leggings, and then the next one was, gosh, I, I don't want to say it's apparel, but it was something specific. It is, and they were the top 50 search terms in organic ranking for a solid month or two. Is this an evolution where we're going to see social media start to dictate what search terms are going to be because of influencers showing a product on, on TikTok? People are going to freak out, like the buying power of social media or whatever freaks out for one reason or another. They're all going to search platform and then product. Is that going to be something where you can start to target and be successful, whether it's on paid ads or even giveaways? Yeah, there's a reason why I'm pushing TikTok so hard right now is because if you're on Amazon, you either have to have a unique product or really strong brand. That's the really only way to stand out. And when you're on TikTok and you establish and you start to go viral and everything else, you're establishing that brand presence where people are going to go on Amazon and buy your stuff. Like it's that simple. They're going, they will eventually, if they know about your brand, they will eventually go to Amazon and buy it if they're interested in it. And that way it increases your sell through rate, increases your conversion rate and everything benefits. So that's why I'm experimenting with um, with TikTok influencers because I might not be able to attribute it just how I want to, but I will be able to see the increase in brand awareness, which will eventually drive sales long term. So short term, I might not the ROI might not be there, but long term, people will begin to know about the product and start to warm up to what the product is, which they might need in the future. They might not need it right away, but they might need it in the future, which they'll know about now that they saw the now that they saw that product on TikTok. Is there is there a point where you would think that your your brand becomes part of the search term where you don't need any sort of giveaway tout or anything like that. What I mean by that is oh, I'm going to give credit to the, the amazing OG Kevin King. And uh, in terms of uh, what is very, he brought a really good point to the forefront of when a brand becomes part of an organic keyword search. And for example, he used the term art naturals and that becomes art naturals and then art products or something like that. And that becomes part of your search term that drives 10,000 searches. That's the metric he used you eventually become a brand. Is there a is there a reference point that you would either agree or disagree with that uh, statement? And if so, what, what's kind of like your brand becoming an equitable, standalone, searchable term on Amazon? Does that make sense? Where it's, hey, that's some real power if this many people are searching brand plus product. Yeah, and it's, it's something that you'll like build over naturally as the brand progresses, really. Like, mm -hmm. It, like once people know about your product and you do have that strong social media presence, people will begin to start searching your brand a lot more um, when it comes to with the search term and it'll end up just performing well on its own. So you, it, it's not something that we necessarily worry about because it's just something that happens naturally. And like in what we typically target are like general search terms then eventually once people begin to know about our product, then they start searching branded. So normally I don't worry about branded too much there. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. Um, I guess my final question for you, Victor, is when you when you have a product that's kind of like in the stasis form, and I mean by that it's been on the market, it's lost its honeymoon phase, it's no longer um, driving consistent traffic, and it's kind of like on page 10, 12, something like that. 
versus drinking a new product, which one would you rather be working with? One that you can revitalize back to life or one that has brand new, no kind of deans against it and it has zero re reviews? Which one's easier to kind of like rank or do you think they're both in the similar light? I would prefer one with more history. Uh, Amazon prefers a product with lots of sales history. And that's why usually when you put up a product on Amazon, it doesn't really go anywhere. It's because there's no data. There's no, there's no history of sales before it. But when you have a, a product that already has sales, has uh, reviews, has rankings and everything else like that, it makes it where it's a lot easier. And it's essentially the same process. Like when you're on page 10 for that old product, it's the same process of ranking a new product that's on page 20. It's like you're going through the same process. You're still trying to gain rankings, gain reviews, gain sell-through rate, gain conversion rate. And it's essentially the same process, but I would most likely prefer to have that old product with a lot of sales, lots of sales history. Excellent stuff. Well, I, I, I would, I talk about this all day with people if I could, and I know I would uh, with you because you have a lot of insight, very similar to what um, I've bring into as well, but you've been so successful in just the background and history that you've been able to bring to the forefront. It seems like you're going to continue to grow and continue to pump out content like a, like a true uh, content king, I should say. But <laughs> if people, if, if Victor, if people want to reach out to you if they're listening to so like that's such great thought behind all of this, where can people reach out either to like just pick your brain more, uh, just like get in touch with you or work with you? What, what are those options that they can do that for? Yeah, I post almost everything on LinkedIn. Um, just search for you have to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, I post uh, 100. I focus 100 percent of my attention on LinkedIn. Um, Victor Dwyer, uh, you'll, you'll won't spell my last name, right? I guarantee it, but just like D wire, let's just try that. And, um, yeah, just search me on LinkedIn, uh, connect with me, happy to answer any questions and just, yeah, happy to help you any way I can. Hey, keep up the good work, man. I, I, I value, and like, I like all the testing you're doing. Um, I've been able to pick your brain in more ways than one. So it's been fantastic. And for people who are listening, we he uh, lives in a space where I grew up or was born 10 minutes from each other, even less than that. So it's small, small world after all, um, as we like to say it. So uh, good stuff in Texas for you. Uh, continue to stay safe. And uh, are we going to be expecting anything else moving forward? Like, are you kind of planning anything special coming up for 2021 that you have expectations for, um, for the many of the year? Yeah, I'm I'm pushing like like I said, I'm pushing a lot really hard to TikTok right now because like the engagement rates are insane right now um, when it comes to like influencers. So this year, I'm gonna start pushing really hard toward TikTok and driving those sales toward Amazon um, to gain rankings is where I'm really pushing hard for all my clients and where I could really see a lot of benefit. So I'm then like I'm taking that influencer content that they create making a TikTok ad out of it. And then also get like, so that way I'm getting both brand awareness from the influencer and sales from the influencer and also creating the ad from it and advertising because advertising is super cheap on TikTok. It's even cheaper than Facebook. And I can target those people and start even um, really getting everything going through TikTok. So for 2021, I'm really going to be focusing on TikTok a lot more and uh really trying to push that for clients and i'm just going to keep testing like it's crazy like on my linkedin i'm literally testing like like in every single aspect of my life i just test 
I test like it's my religion essentially. And I just constantly trying new things every single day is what I try. How to much, do. how many posts per day, by the way, on LinkedIn are you pumping? I, okay. So I day. post once a one, I technically I post five pieces per day, but I post one per platform. I try to get to two on LinkedIn, but it like killed my convert. It killed my engagement rate on my other posts on that day. So I do one a day now. I want to do a lot more than that, but right now I'm just focused. I basically have to choose what post I want to do. And I, I do one a day per platform and really just try to tackle it there. Um, but yeah, I've seen huge success on LinkedIn. The organic reach is insane. That's why I focus on TikTok as well, because organic reach, that's the free reach. You can do a post and thousands of people can see it. That's amazing. Like think about on YouTube, you can't just make a YouTube video and expect out like thousands of views just to happen within 24 hours. It doesn't work like that. But on LinkedIn, like it's not abnormal. I get probably 5,000 views per day on LinkedIn just because how crazy the organic reach is. So, and then you can do the same thing on TikTok. So if you are a business or an Amazon seller, you should be on TikTok and be like showing what your product does because the organic reach is insane. And if you even want to advertise it, it you can advertise it for 10 bucks a day and reach even more people. So it's really insane. But TikTok and LinkedIn are my two big focuses um when it comes to organic reach because it's it, so it's such a great opportunity right for now. people who are doing that like real quickly i know i kind of like already wrapped this up and now i'm curious a little bit more is that through the like how are you building the organic re like reach is that through the um hashtags or is that through just your connections who are following you what, what what's the best way to like really grow and substantial like 5,000 views is a lot like i would love to have a consistent 5,000 views per day uh, platform what how did you build that and how many how are people seeing so much of your honestly the biggest thing for me was establishing relationships with people with high follower accounts because since the organic reach is so high so if i were to comment on your post and then all my all the people that like my content are going to see that post and all right. the and then once they like it, all those people are going to see though that like and then it's like an escalation. It's a trickle effect in the web. That so yep. I established a relationships with lots of people in the space that have high follower counts and that also comment and like my posts. And then after that, then all their followers see it. Then it just goes through and it keeps growing from there. But in a big another big piece is just posting every single day and being super consistent with it. And also, I post all different types of content. Like, for example, last week I posted a like a big mindset philosophy content, like where like why why you should be happy and things like that. And then today I posted just on Amazon Seller News, which is business related. So I'm constantly testing new things. Um, but it's it's okay to try like super different aspects per day. Like, for example, last week I did a social media. Um, like, like the, all the social media updates. And then today I did all the Amazon updates. Those are two big different audiences. People right. that are interested in social media are not interested in Amazon and, and like, it's just, they're totally different people, but LinkedIn algorithm makes it where it finds the best people that will engage with that type of content. And you can just figure out what works the best from there. So, um, for me, Lately, it's videos have been working way better for me on LinkedIn, um, which was not the case in that that update just happened. They had to update their algorithm. There's no before I was getting maybe 500 views uh, per day on my LinkedIn 
before the two weeks ago, but now I've never had it go below 5,000 on my videos. So there's just some crazy update that they did, but videos are just amazing right now. That is um, insane. I mean, yeah, those, I those are like great numbers and like, I think the best brands in the world would like, that's so hard to reach organically and you're not doing any paid, uh, you know, any ads or anything behind that. Right. That's, that's all just true content based value add people like it it applies to them and then they share they naturally just spouts off yeah that's exactly. awesome yeah and so like like if you're trying to go and reach to other businesses on linkedin i would just recommend videos um for right now videos um and then also like images pdfs people like text space the most on linkedin um if you look at any poll on linkedin everyone loves text space but I'm not a writer. Like I cannot, like, if you look at any of my LinkedIn posts, I have like a ton of misspellings. It's I'm going to be honest. That's how it works. I'm not, a, I'm not a writer, but when it comes to video content, I'm amazing with video content. So the fact that they came out with that update, I was like, thank God I can stop doing these text-based. <laughs> They're rewarding writing. that. I need yeah. to, I need to talk. I need to like, I need to spit out what I know. I can't do it in text form. So, um, it, video content was really big for me. Um, a big change, but most people like text-based on LinkedIn though. Yeah. I saw a bunch, I've seen a lot of the content, especially on YouTube and LinkedIn. They're going to start more social media platforms will be rewarding creators more than, you know, beers and activity. Um, I think that's why, you know, algorithms are going to continuously change. The more content you're creating, the more engagement you're going to see happening organically. Um, like case in point with you. So awesome, Victor, thank you so much again with all your insights today, again, with ranking, even on social media, we touched a little bit of uh, all over the place. And thanks for carrying the show for the first like five minutes of the show. My God, that was a freak accident. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's going to snow tonight and this is just the sign of the apocalypse coming from where <laughs> I'm at of like, we can't get out of this winter weather. It's just like, it's so bad, man. So anyways, thanks for, oh, look, I look outside and there it is. It's starting to snow. <laughs> that is case in point to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce. Uh, we'll be in touch soon, man. Thank you. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, again, for uh, Crossover Commerce. My name is Ryan Creamer. I'm the host of this show. Typically, I'm on the whole time, but it was not the case. I froze up a little bit in the beginning, so I apologize for that little miss, uh, that technical difficulty. But this is the beauty of doing live show. Nothing's edited. It's all raw. It's all me coming and engaging with my guests. You can also do the same too. If you have a question on what Victor said or any of my guests say in the future, you can comment on us live. If you don't get the chance to do that, again, tag us in the comment section because just like Victor said, the more people who see this and engage with this content, the more people will be able to see it and help build their brains on Amazon, uh, Facebook, or excuse me, no matter where truly you wanna do business, we want to help you grow your business on Amazon or e-commerce. So definitely tune in, be notified when we do go live, or if we are just pumping out content, make sure you engage with your audience too, because I like social listening. Make sure you're engaging with people, what they like, what they don't like, if you agree or disagree, give them feedback. I think everyone can all um, benefit from that, especially in the space. If you haven't met with that person, social listening is the best way to do that by like engaging with their content and then going forward from there. But again, uh, this is episode 95, using external traffic to drive ranking sales. Make sure you follow us on all the social media platforms. Follow myself on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram as well. Make sure you stay live. Tomorrow's going to be a fantastic episode, and then we'll also be live on Friday. So make sure you stay tuned for when we do go live on those platforms as well. I'm Ryan Kramer. We'll catch you guys next time on Crossover Commerce.